At a council meeting, we sat down, and we always talk finances at council meeting. Uh, you don't get a sermon this morning, by the way. Uh, we always talk finances at council meeting. That's why there's a council. Council deals with finances and sort of structural business grounds, you know, making sure we have a building, that there's uh, dealing with budgets and the practical stuff that has to take, well, it doesn't have to, but we like for it to take place so that we have a place and um, warmth in the wintertime and coolness in the summertime. And then we have also an elder team. And the elder team is, uh, like if you look at the book of Acts, you have the apostles starting out and they're preaching Jesus and a crowd gathered. And the next thing you know, there's so much work that the elders are not having time to do things like pray and preach because they're dealing with distributing goods uh, to widows and they're dealing with, uh, I'll put it this way, racial bias and and they're trying to figure this out. And so finally they realize that they can't do what they're called to do, which is shepherd people, if they have to spend too much mental time and energy uh, dealing with those practical things. So the way that they set it up is they had deacons to deal with that and elders to deal with the shepherding. And that's actually the same model that we are trying to follow. That's why we have a church council that deals with some of those things so that uh, those of us on the elder team can give our attention more fully to shepherding. And um, I still like to go to the council meetings. And we always talk about finances. And for as long as I've been here, it's been a constant conversation about how do we, how do we prioritize? How do we choose what not to fund? when every single area of ministry would like more money. Uh, anyone else know that is like a constant thing? So like no matter what area of ministry you're talking about, you could easily throw a couple thousand more at it and it would be a, a worthy and noble thing. So the council tries really hard, works really hard to try to find the, the, the core values of this congregation and try to match dollars to those, but then there's the issue of limited dollars. So as long as I've been on the council, I've been seeing this struggle and challenge, and they do an excellent job and always have. And this last council meeting was a little bit more unsettling than most. Uh, as as Keith kind of, I'm, I'm basically having the business meeting before the business meeting on accident. I'm, that's not my intention. I'm, I'm trying to go somewhere to explain what was happening in my heart. So we started to talk about what we perceive to be is we're on, we're on trajectory to be like 35 grand in the hole by the end of the fiscal year, unless something were to change, given our current proposed budget, which is already very tightened up. Uh, not, not much fat left there. And it was really interesting because the entire time that we were having the conversation about, like, what do we do now, guys? This, it seemed to me that the spirit was hovering extra close the whole council meeting. And I whenever that happens, I try to figure out why does that happen. I get these little electrical shocks that go through my body ever since 2012. Uh, that encounter that happened right back there has permanently marked me with electrical shocks when the spirit comes in power. And I will often be in the middle of a conversation or somebody will say something and boom, it'll hit me. I'll have a little shock. And I've learned to pay close attention 
to what was being said when that happened. Because it's almost like the, it's almost like the Father is underlining something for me to focus on. And so like I pay attention to those manifestations of, of God's presence as clues or little breadcrumbs to see what he's thinking, to see what's important to him. Because what's important to us is often not important to him. Do you know what I mean? Like half the prayers that are, if your prayers are rooted in anxiety, they, they often don't move God because he's not seeing things as a big deal that you think are a big deal. Or is that just me? You know what I mean? So the spirit was coming on me during the council meeting the whole time, even though we were having this very bleak conversation. And what I thought was fascinating about that, as I dialed down, or not dialed, as I drilled down later on to try to figure out, like, what's going on there, God? It occurred to me that we were hitting at the core of, like, what are we about here? What are our priorities? And I've been thinking, there's this wonderful quote by Fred Beekner who said, um, He said, I often tell churches that the very best thing that could happen to you is your church building burned down and all the computers die and all the stupid bulletins blow away in the wind and your pastor get killed by getting hit on the road by a truck. That would be the very best thing for you because then you'd be left with nothing but each other and God, which is, of course, where this thing all began. And what it's actually about if you take away all this window dressing. So I, <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm echoing something the Butch was trying to say, which was, it's easy to get in the flesh when we're having these conversations and start to get really anxious and look for answers for other people to do. Anyone ever been there? This has got to change. Oh my word, panic. Let's do the chicken little dance. Let's run around. Then let's go into problem solving mode. And then the problems, we're gonna, this is what's wrong. And it's definitely somebody else's fault. And they need to change. So now I'm going to use anxiety to leverage resentment and manipulation. And now we need the pastor to come up and preach a sermon about everyone tithing more. Ever been there? Or let's say you're a spouse. This has to change. There's not enough for this. We have to do this. Now it's, this is what has to happen, and now my spouse needs to do this. I'm anxious, and if you're not anxious, you're an idiot. (laughs) Ever been there? Okay, that one related a little bit easier for you guys, I noticed. You're like, I don't don't know what that's like to have people want me to preach on tithing. It's It's not my experience. So I struggle to know how to talk to you about finances, because in our household, Carrie handles it. And in our church, council handles it. But what I do know is this. This is not about budgets and buildings. This is about God and each other. And I think one of the deeper questions that I have beyond tithing is just how committed are we to each other and to God? And I, I, you know, for several years I've been thinking about Seek first the kingdom, and everything else will be taken care of. And about how easy it is for us to become distracted by so many things. And some of them even look like the kingdom, but they're not. I'm not suggesting that if we keep the kingdom first, that we'll be able to do all the things we want to do for our church in our budget. I actually don't think that's realistic. Some of the godliest people in history have been poor. 
And I feel like our church is in the healthiest place I've seen it at in about nine years, spiritually, and in terms of community. So I find it somewhat ironic that we're probably in the weakest position financially I've ever seen us. I don't know. It seems like an, a, a, a season to be able to reassess who we are and what our priorities are. And I would say it this way, it might be a season to try to reinvent ourselves by a fresh sense of calling. One of the things that's on the docket is uh, someone came to me and said, our, our purpose and mission statement need to change. And of course, my initial reaction was defensiveness because I wrote those. And I wrote those, I worked hard at those. I made sure they were biblical. And no, no I'm not going to blame anyone who doesn't want to be, Gloria's raising her hand saying, I did that, that was me, I told you those need to change. But I was going to leave it. And the more I prayed about it and thought about it, the more it resonated with me, not that there's anything wrong with our purpose and mission statement, it's just that the Lord has become so much more precise and specific to who Gateway is and what Gateway is called to over those years. Under those broad headings, every single church on the planet should be able to fit under everything's about Jesus and we're here to make disciples, be disciples and make disciples. But there's, more, there's some very specific things that have emerged over the last nine years about us. And what I'm trying to say is this is a, this is a season where I think it's important for us to stay, to stay pacing with Jesus. I had a friend one time pray over me and most of the people in my life that have been in authority have been freaked out by my voracious capacity to pursue change. And so I've typically had people in the passenger seat clutching at the emergency brake and attempting to grab the steering wheel of my life and get me to go in the, in the slower lane and the, maybe even get off the superhighway. Slow down, Tim, slow down. Um, I can't find one of them that has been led by the Spirit to do that. They've all been with human motivations. I had one friend pray for me, though, the opposite. She said, I see you in Jesus and you're running, except he's way ahead of you. And he keeps turning around and there's a frustration on his face as he says, come on, Tim, keep up. Try and keep up. Which, if you know me, you know that it broke my heart. I feel like it's a season for gateway to maybe let go of some things that we're not supposed to be holding on to quite as tightly and run even more um, wholeheartedly with and after Jesus and each other. Brian Hibbs, I don't see him today, but he has said so many times, Tim, the Lord keeps talking to me about community and what it's going to cost us. And the Lord keeps saying, it's going to take so much more time and so much more sacrifice than what you're used to, to do what I'm calling you to do. Now, I was like, I'm always like, Brian, what are you talking about? And then he starts saying things about communal living. And then I sort of take three steps over here. And I say, and me and Matt Rowan actually look at each other and we go, not me. I'm going to have my own bathroom. Um, but I feel like if we're, if we're pacing with Jesus, if we're really pacing with Jesus, we're this is a season for, for us to realize that if you're, if, you're, if you're still looking at, okay, let me just, all right. 
Saturday night with Lori, I could hardly worship. And it wasn't because the band wasn't right. It's because of what I brought into the room. I walked into the room and there was 50 people. And I brought into the room the feeling that I'm a failure. Because back in 2012, there was 150 people. And there was this, ooh, electricity. And there was this feeling that we're a part of this movement. I call it churchianity, you know. Where you don't draw your strength from Jesus, you draw your strength from being a part of a successful community. It's the Tower of Babel, but with Bible verses on it, as opposed to faith, which is what Abraham does in Genesis 12. Tower of Babel, Genesis 11. So I walk in and I'm struggling to worship because I'm like, where, you know, and, and then I'm seeing the specific people who I still treasure and love and I miss. And so instead of being in step with what Jesus is actually doing, instead of pacing with Jesus, I'm living in some sort of hybrid of trying to yearn for the past, which is gone, and, and overlaying the present with this lens that's causing me to completely miss what's really happening. So then Lori prayed for me Sunday night. It's almost always a rebuke with Lori for me. For a lot of you, you'd be like, what? Oh, my word, the Lord's so beautiful. Yeah, I know he's beautiful. And that's why when she rebukes me, I don't get sad. I get help. She said, I hear the Lord saying that you can't take, you can't take the stuff from the last season into the season he's leading you into. You can't do it. And, I, and, he, and she said, well, actually, he said, what you're, the way you're operating is blocking the fullness of the spirit in your church. That's like, that's not what I want to hear, right? So what did I say? I said, I need you to stop and slow down and tell me what it is exactly that I'm doing that's blocking the fullness of the Spirit released on Gateway. And she said, for example, you are still so wounded over the losses that you are not fully present to the Holy Spirit and to the people here and now. And I resonated with that. And I'm wondering, and, and then her, I don't know, did you hear her sermon Sunday morning? Before we can take the promised land, the Lord says, consecrate yourself. And there are things the Lord wants to do with us, in each of us, each one of us, and together. But the very first thing is that we consecrate ourselves. Sunday night I prayed for Richard and Jewel, our overseers who just happened to be in town. We kind of chuckled about that the real message of the weekend was holiness unto the Lord. It's 2017, that's not a message that you hear preached or sung about, you know. The Lord's holy, so we should set ourselves apart exclusively for him. That, but that's, that's it. Anyway, I, I'm probably way over time, aren't I, in terms of what, yeah. It's, well, no, it's exactly right, okay. 
That's not really a sermon, but I, I just I, I have it in my heart that there's something that instead of viewing the challenges in our budget as, oh my word, let's get really anxious and look around the room and say, if they were tithing, this wouldn't be happening, you know, or if they would attend every single week instead of be missing half the Sundays, this wouldn't be, all that might be true, but I'm just saying, the real issue is like, what are, where are you pacing with Jesus? What does it look like when you're pacing with Jesus? Not, and I, I really want to caution, okay, those of us in this room who are on the elder team or on the council, I really want to caution us from solving the problem and then enforcing our solutions. That's not helpful. We're not the people with the plan. We're here to present transparently, here's what's happening with your church, it's your church, it's your church, it's what, here's what's happening. Now, it's up to you to figure out what do you want to do with your life next? You know, one, one member was like, we're going to have to, we need to scare them with the shock value. We're going to have to shut, shut, shut the doors of the church. We're going to have to shut it down. I don't feel that way. I, I live with a tight budget at home all the time and we have not, you know, gone without food. We've just gone without fast food. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. We might not be able to do some of the stuff that we would like to do but this is a great opportunity for us to figure out what we really, really care about. I've talked too long. Where's Keith at? Would you like to come up and have a business meeting? Yeah, I'll give a benediction. That will make him feel a little bit more free to leave. And if this is your first Sunday, uh, this is not normal. Typically I, <laughs> typically, I work really hard to study the scriptures and have something that's exegetically rooted. Can we actually that's a great idea, Brian. Brian's suggesting that we go ahead and pray over the church council. Everyone who's on the church council, can you come forward for a second here? Do you want the entire church to come forward for prayer, Brian? That's a good point. All right, well, if you are in any kind of leadership capacity, whether that's small group leader, church council, elders, um, you lead in the kitchen. If you are actively um, leading anything, no matter how small it might seem to you, could you go ahead and stand at this time? Now, I know Becky Wright should be standing. And then those around them, if you could lay hands on them, like in real life, not in your mind. I know it's scary to have to Hey, Chuck, turn around and put your hand on Butch. I was going to. It really is your church. I mean, you are the church. And I really don't like top-down leadership decisions that are enforced through religious guilt. I'm allergic to that at so many levels. 
What I'm so excited about is figuring out what Jesus put inside each one of you and then say it, oh, this is what he made you to do. Follow that. Keep pace with Jesus. Keep pace with Jesus. So go ahead and pray. Father, we're your people. Some of us are a little freaked out, including me, just a little. But we want to trust you, God, in all things. And we want to yield and we want to say our yes. And we don't want anxiety to cloud our perspective. We want to be your hands and feet in the world. And we want to fulfill the purpose that was in your heart when you designed us. You said every day, you said all the days ordained for us were written in your book before any of them came to pass. That means that you're like an author. And our lives are like a story. God, today I'm asking for that, that ability in our hearts to not constantly look at the past and overlay it with the present, but, but to be looking to the future and what it is that you're saying, where it is that you're leading us, what it is that you're teaching us, where you might be calling us out of comfort and into risk, into faith, into love, to help, to open our lives, to touch the lives of others in ways that are risky and vulnerable. God, we speak greater anointing on everyone who's standing. We, we, we call for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that, that their hearts, that their service would, would leak Jesus in such a way that, that those around them flourish and thrive. And we freshly dedicate ourselves today to you again. We freshly dedicate ourselves and I ask God for a holy consecration of our hearts that happens when nobody's watching, where we turn to you in private and we talk with you and we, we give you access to the real us. God, I love this church. You love this church. Pray for your will to be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. Amen. If you are a visitor and the business side of this is not interesting to you, please uh, feel free to be released. <laughs>